0: and welcome to another episode of Choose Your Religion. My name is Jonathan Chan and guess what? We are on the final episode of this short series and today we are embarking on Sikhism. But before we do that, let me just go over our outline that we've always been doing and using throughout this entire series. And what is this outline? And this outline is a set of questions we want to answer when we explore religions because that's the questions that religions want to answer. And what are these questions? Well, Number one is, what is the problem with the world today, metaphysically? And why? And then what is the existential and metaphysical narrative if there is one in this religion? Third, where are we all headed without the mentioned religion? And where should we be going according to the religion? How do we get there in the present? What guides our moral and ethical compass to get there? Is there a life after death? And yes, what is it? And since we are exploring these religions as a Christian, one also needs to ask this question as well. Considering what I've just learned about this religion, how does it inform my Christian religion and my faith in Jesus? But before we begin, let me show you a short video clip and we will be right back.
1: He was touching you all over, putting his hands on your bare legs. You're not a young girl anymore. And you, showing the world your scar. rubber.
0: Jassi puttar, now that your sister has got engaged, it's different. You know how people talk.
1: She's the one getting married, not me. I was married at your age. You don't even want to learn how to cook dal. I anyway, mean, I'm not playing with boys anymore. Good. End of matter. I'm joining a girls team. Huh? They want me to play in proper matches. The coach said I could go far. Go far? Go far to where? Just see, we let you play all you wanted when you were young, huh? You've played enough. That's not fair. He selected me. He? She said it was girls. The coach, Joe. See how she lies? I don't want you running around half naked in front of men, huh? Look how dark you've become, playing in the sun. But, Mom, I'm really good. What family will want a daughter-in-law who can run around kicking football all day but can't make round chapatis? Now exams are over, I want you to learn full Punjabi dinner. Meat and vegetarian. But Dad! The Dad, the Chachi! No, this is where you spoil her. No, word. this is how it started with your niece. The way that girl would answer back. And then running off to become a model wearing small, small skirts. Mom, she's a fashion designer. She's divorced, that's what she is cast off after three years of being married to a white boy with blue hair. I, her poor mother, she hasn't been able to set foot in that temple since. I don't want this shame on my family. That's it, no more football.
0: Just see your mother is right. It's not nice. You must start behaving like a proper woman. Well, welcome back. The video I showed you was taken from a movie called Bended Like Beckham. The clip shows a family of Sikh heritage and who practices Sikhism. We're going to do something different today. Usually Dan and I would provide you with a brief overview and history of each religion. Well I thought today it would be best to let an expert and scholar of Sikhism do it for us. Her name is Dr. Eleanor Nesbitt and she will introduce Sikhism to us with 10 notable points. After this video, we will jump right into the questions that I listed earlier. So let's go.
2: Point one, Sikh, which is pronounced Sikh in Punjabi, is a word which means a learner A disciple. In that sense we're all Sikh. And the word Sikhism was coined around 1900 by Westerners. Point number two, around 75% of the world's 24 million or so Sikhs live in one state of India, the Indian state of Punjab in the northwest. Point number three, the Sikh scripture is the Guru Granth Sahib. It's a volume of mystical verse by six of the Sikhs' ten gurus and other mystical poets. Number four, the Sikhs' ten human gurus lived during a period that roughly corresponds to the period of Mughal rule in North India. It started with Guru Nanak, a more or less contemporary of Martin Luther in the West, he was born in 1469, The line of ten human gurus finished with the death of Guru Gobind Singh, the 10th Guru, in 1708. Point number five, signifiers of being a Sikh. There are five which begin with the letter K in the Punjabi alphabet. So the kara, which is a wristband or or bangle, and the, the kangra, which is a wooden comb, which is worn in the hair. The uncut hair, kish, is one of them. The kirpan, which is a sword, often a very short sword, often worn underneath clothing. Um, And the kutch, or the kutchahera, which are the the breeches, usually worn as a form of underwear, but shorts, uh, which finish above the knee. Those are the five indicators that somebody is an initiated Sikh, initiated into the Khalsa community. Uh, But the turban is the respectful way Of covering the uncut hair. Number six key Sikh teachings include living a life which is focused on the Guru and focused on God rather than on the individual's whims and individual greed and so on and the Sikh life is to be one that is a, a fine balance between service voluntarily serving the community and also taking family responsibilities and contemplation, being mindful of the divine in everything one does. Point number seven the Sikh's place of worship is called a Gurdwara. It's called a Gurdwara because it's where the Guru resides and the Guru, the Guru Granth Sahib, the scripture, is central to everything that happens in the Gurdwara. People pay their respects Every life cycle, rite, and festival involves reading from the Guru Granth Sahib. And the Guru Granth Sahib is enthroned on cushions under a canopy, and people <coughs> behave in a particularly respectful way in the presence of the scriptures. Point number eight Amritsar in Punjab is Sikh's spiritual centre. It's the place where the Golden Temple is, which is also known as Darbar Sahib and Harmandar Sahib, And it is visited by hundreds of thousands of people. So each day about a hundred thousand people receive free hospitality, cooked food in the langar, in the food hall of the Golden Temple in Amritsar. Number nine, the British, during the British Raj, regarded Sikhs as a martial race favoured them in recruitment for the British Indian Army and during the two world wars over 80,000 Sikh soldiers lost their lives and over 109,000 were injured. Point number ten, the gurus emphasised the irrelevance of gender whether you were born male or female and caste, which hereditary employment group you were born into totally irrelevant for spiritual progress. And so Sikhs have a belief in equality of all people.
0: Well, welcome back again. First question, what is the problem with the world today according to Sikhism? Well, Sikhism believes there is one true God, the one who created everything. This one God is called the Il Ankar, the one supreme reality, the one creator, the all-pervading spirit. Now, this is a different terminology compared with Judaism and even Christianity, where the one true God in Judaism and Christianity and Islam is this one God. And that's it. But for Sikhism, this one true God is more about a synonymous with the supreme reality. This one true God is an embodiment of equality, of prosperity, of justice, and of just flourishing of all humanity. And so you could say that this one true God is an embodiment of all these things. And this one true God, Sikhism believes, is, exists everywhere in all of creation, in all of humanity, and in all of everything we see that is before us. And so it's different from Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, where this monotheistic one true God is this one God. Sikhism believes that this one God is this one reality, this ultimate supreme reality, and just happens to be this uh, personification of this reality. Now, so, what is happening with the world today then? The th- reason why we have these problems according to Sikhism is that humanity and all of creation is apart from this supreme reality, this Il Ankar, this one true God. Humanity is apart from it. Why are we apart from it though? Sikhism believes that there is a term called Maya, and Maya is basically anything that is not part of this Supreme Reality. In in actual reality, they quote, unreality. Maya is this thing that distracts us from the pursuit of this one true God and the union of this one true God because of its worldly attractions that only give temporary satisfaction. Yet it also gives pain, and that's why it distracts us from the process of, this, of devotion to this one true God and to unite with this one true God. In Sikhism, the influences such as ego, anger, attachment, and lust, these things distract us from uniting with the one true God. These five thieves, as, a, as Sikhism coins it, are the things, the building blocks of Maya that influence us, distract us from being united with the one true God. And because of these five these, and because of Maya, six believe that the world that we are currently in is in the state of Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga is translated as the age of darkness. Now, some of you may think, is it because it's all black and all dark and dreary? No, the age of darkness is the age of ignorance where we have no clue that this supreme reality actually exists and it actually exists before us at today, that we have no clue that it exists and we have no clue how to get there and how to unite with the one true reality, i.e. the one true God, Il Ankar. And so Sikhs believe that the world is in Kali Yuga, in complete ignorance, complete darkness, because the world, you and I and the entire world, led astray by the love and attachment to maya now where are we all headed without sikhism? well just as i mentioned before of maya and the five thieves we will continue to suffer through this cycle of karma and reincarnation of just this suffering of cycle of birth and rebirth inside that five thieves and just cannot get out and so Just like Hinduism and just like Buddhism, this karma reincarnation is viewed as suffering, this ongoing and eternal suffering. And so, without Sikhism, Sikhs believe that we will continue to be stuck in this Hindu in this vicious cycle of karma and reincarnation. Where should we be going, according to Sikhism? Well, according to the Guru Nanak, the supreme purpose of human life is to reconnect with Akal, the timeless one, or Some would say the one true god or Il-Ankar. However, what's preventing humanity in getting there is the Maya and the five thieves. Therefore, Sikhism offers ways on how to eliminate the five thieves and provide guidance on how to get there. First, Sikhism says that you need to meditate. And meditate in the truth in mind. Meaning, to meditate on the Naam, to meditate on the one true God, and to meditate on who you are and where you should be going, to remind yourself of who you are and where you ought to be going. Second, is to connect yourself with a satsang, with the true people. And hence, we have this term called kalsa, the community of Sikhs. Because in that community, you will find nurturing, encouragement, and uh, teachings and guidance on how to continue to Eliminate your five thieves and the Maya, and to pursue the one true God. Third, it's called the bhakti, and that is worship, where they have temples and they worship together to the one true God. Serve together, serve each other, and feed each other, so that uh, to encourage one another to continue on this journey towards this uh, to uniting with the one true God. And lastly, hymns and recitations and music. Uh, just like Christianity, where we sing hymns and songs to our God and to worship God, Sikhs also have worship, have worship songs, have hymns to sing to their one true God. And so all together, they believe that all of this can help to reduce the Maya, and reduce the evils of the five thieves in order to uh, break down obstacles to achieve unity with God. My apologies, one last one. It's kind of like the alluding to the worship, but it's the selfless service. Sikhs believe that as you serve selflessly, this is how you eliminate the evils of the Maya and the five thieves. If you could summarize the five thieves and maya, you could say that's just all selfishness, right? Well, selfless service helps to alleviate that, to reduce that, or also they believe can eliminate the Maya and the five thieves if you continue to practice selfless service. So when they worship, they serve each other with food, that's selfless service. When they go out into the communities, they would serve selflessly to the communities because hey, they believe that God, this one true God is in everything. And so if you serve anyone in front of you selflessly, you are continuing to pursue and journey towards the unity with the one true God. All right. How about the guides then? Well, the guides is guided by the five virtues. And the virtues are truth, compassion, contentment, humility, and love. That's their guide. The five, five virtues guides their lives. Sikhs believe that if you follow these five virtues, you're pretty much on your way to be united with the one true God. If you follow truth, compassion, contentment, humility, and love. And so uh, how do you inform yourself of what is true? And how do you inform yourself of what is compassion? Like, you know, how do you define all these things? Truth, compassion, contentment, humility, and love. They use the scripture called Guru Granth Sahib. As Dr. Eleanor Nesbitt mentioned, the Guru Granth Sahib is the holy scripture of the Sikhs and the compilation of all the writings and the mystics of the ten gurus. And therefore, uh, this book is very important to guide and to define the liturgy of the worship, to to define the truth, to maintain the truth, to define what compassion is, contentment is, and humility and love is found in this book, the Guru Granth Sahib. And so whenever you go to a temple, a Sikh temple, you would notice that the Guru Granth Sahib, the copy of it, is in the middle, center focus of their worship, because that's their guide. This is the literal living guru, is this book that will teach them to how to live out a Sikh life and to continue to pursue their unity with this one true God. Other scriptures and other literature includes the Adi Granth, the Dasam Granth, and Jamasaki. All these are, I would say, extensions of the Guru Granth Sahib. These uh, books provide further uh, instructions on liturgy and worship and other methodologies and also narratives, which in the Christian Bible, we have those in the Bible and there are narratives and stories that just happen to be there. Well, these are the type of things that the Adi Grant, the Dasam Grant, and the Jambasakis are. Let's move on. Final question. Is there life after death? Yes. For Sikhs, it's called liberation. Liberation from the karma and the reincarnation. And this is the best time in human form, they say, is in, when you're in human form, it's the best time to make the right decisions and take intentional action to pursue the five virtues to and get rid of the evils, the Maya and the five thieves, so that you can be liberated from the karma and reincarnation. Just like Hinduism and Buddhism, karma and reincarnation is suffering, and therefore for Sikhism, they see it as suffering as well, and in order to liberate themselves, from the suffering and to be united with this one true God that is their whole purpose is to be united with the one true God according to Guru Narek so what then are we or myself as a Christian how do I see my Christianity in light of knowing now or being familiar with Sikhism well I want to go back to the five virtues and what were they again truth compassion contentment humility and love those are very similar for me anyways they those are very similar to the values of the gospel uh, truth which is jesus compassion contentment humility and love those are the values that Jesus exemplified during his life on earth. And who and those are the values that Jesus wanted us to exemplify in our lives when we're here on earth. If he said this, if you love me, you would show these values. You would show truth, compassion, contentment, and humility and love towards each other. And so, Sikhism, after going through Sikhism and doing my research through Sikhism, I wonder if my life exemplifies truth, compassion, contentment, humility, and love? And of course, the next question would be, am I defining it right? Am I defining truth correctly? Am I defining compassion correctly? Am I defining contentment correctly? How about humility? And am I defining love correctly? Because Jesus specifically defined all five of those in his teachings and so do i know them and am i except and is my life exemplifying them those are the questions i want to leave with you and of course with myself thank you so much for joining me in this very short series of choose your religion both dan and i enjoyed preparing them i hope you enjoyed listening to and watching them yourself if you have any questions or comments please just send me an email at through our websites or just through community at cruciblechurch.com. But till we start our new series on the life of David, have a blessed week.